Welcome into Audio Bistro episode eight. We got Levi, also Koi, goes by Koi. Um, keep on swimming, as they say on his page. Love Koi fish. I mean, I kind of told you before you came on. So Koi is a well, electronic music, um, synth wave type of stuff. Um, just from what I've heard on your page and on your on your Instagram, would that sound about right? Yeah. Um, so future house a little bit. You got some synthy backgrounds, some melodic tunes on top of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's kind of like I mean, a big inspiration for me is like you know like Elenium, like Nerco. So like my sound's kind of like changing as i keep going on or whatever but yeah, yeah i definitely would say it's something something pretty similar to that yeah i love that you just said nerco i i want to claim being one of the first I, I hate doing this i hate sounding like the person who claims <laughs> people like claims like oh yeah, i'm the first to hear the music um but like i've been listening to nerco for a hot minute like before he started getting like blew up on the scene to the point where like you could hit him up on facebook or something he'd actually like message back yeah like um so i am a big nerco fan his shit is heavy and wide um so that's a great inspiration obviously i'm not gonna leave out elenium we know how great elenium yeah. is have you ever seen him live oh yeah i've seen elenium probably like 30 times <laughs> 30 times oh yeah. my i saw him headline once in iowa and fuck was he awesome i would say him and skrillex are probably the two people i've seen Ooh. two best that i've seen live jealous I think, I think slushy opened for skrillex that show not open but was one of the lead up to skrillex mm-hmm and honestly, that night, I had no idea I was seeing Skrillex at any point. Um, but Elenium it's, as well is a fucking great, great show. He's the best, dude. He's the best to ever do it. I'm a little oh, biased, yeah. No, but... I can't disagree. His, you want to talk about fat synths. That's a <laughs> good inspiration to pull from. Um, so we got the name Koi. Um, I'm not sure what inspired the name. Let's get into that. Because when I hear of it, I'm not sure if you've watched The Office. If I have. not, you have? <laughs> okay, I was gonna say you have you're one of the few, just one of the weird people at this point, like hasn't watched The Office. Yeah, and the episode where Michael falls into the koi pond and Jim doesn't save him. I mean, when I hear your name, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing to associate with it, but it's a hilarious episode, so it's probably good. But <laughs> I mean, as long it, as you're associating it with The Office, like there's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm totally okay what, with that. That's what I thought. But like, what where does the name koi koi come from? Who's got a weird obsession with the fish? Yeah. um... <laughs> Not so much the weird obsession, but uh, <laughs> so my old name used to be that one guy. So I thought it would be funny, like you know, if I was like playing a show or something, and like people are in the crowd, they're like, "Who are you gonna go see next?" And they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go see that one guy." And they're like, "Who?" Like, no, that one guy. So it was like a little play on words. And then um, I was meditating one day, and I was like envisioning myself playing the electric forest because that's like you know the biggest goal. <sighs> dreamy, dreamy. And what I saw like through like the visuals and everything on stage were just like some koi fish swimming around. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of weird. Like, I wonder why. So then I looked up like the meaning behind like a koi fish and like they're, it's basically like to sum it up is like koi fish swim like upstream, um, to like the top of the river where there's like a waterfall and then they make the leap. And then if they make the leap successfully, then they become transformed into a dragon. Um, so that like really resonated with me a little bit. And then I was like, I think I'm switching it to Koi. I drew up the logo, um, sent it to my friend to design it or to digitize it or whatever. She came up with the, the logo that I have now. So it was just like, it was just, it just meant, it was just meant to be, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a cool logo. Dude. I, I think you. it's dope. And I think the story is dope that, you know, you found inspiration of becoming a dragon one day. So I guess that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's what it was. So long that's story it. short, Levi just wants to be 
a fucking dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad aspirations. You know, they get. No. I heard they're making a come. They could be making a comeback. I think so. But after uh, uh, Fire Lord Ozai killed the last one or whatever it is. Oh my! God. Are you talking about Game of Thrones or something? No, no, Avatar. Avatar. Oh my god. Oh. Sorry, I'm a nerd. No, that's all good. I I watched a shitload of cartoons when I was growing up. Airbender was never one of them, and I don't know why. I was, Dude, like you... I watched I watched the hell out of like Yu Gi Oh. Okay. Um, like I played way too much. Um, no, I played too much Yu Gi Oh, and I watched a lot of Dragon Ball Z. So yeah. like the last Airbender should have been up my alley. I don't know why it wasn't. Well, look, if you, it's on Netflix now. You could watch That's the whole true. thing in a day and a half, two days. Easy. Dude, I Amazing. just saw Netflix brought back so many kids' shows. Uh, yeah. From, like, the old Nickelodeon stuff. Um, Ned's Declassified. Great show. Uh, oh, my God. What else? They got that. They got some Keenan Kel, Good Bird. Yeah. They had brought some back, back some bangers on the Netflix. <laughs> Reliving my youth. Um... But let's talk, like let's talk, talk how you get started. Then I kind of talked to you before we opened up here. The, the way I found you was on like an Instagram reel that you posted, and it was one of those like reels where you dub over and it's like play your first song and then or your first remix and then and then your most recent remix. Um, so the one you played on there, I was like, ooh, fuck, that was cool. Um, like that vibe. It actually kind of reminded me of when I was producing that sound that you have. And that's why I was like, Oh, I really like this. This guy sounds a lot like kind of the stuff I was trying to make when I was producing a little bit. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so what, what remix is that? I mean, I, I can't even reference it. I mean, yeah. We're going to have to go look um, at your page, but yeah. So with that song, um, it was weird. Like I, I had written original lyrics over it. Um, and then that's usually how I start my process. It's just like writing a song, figure out a melody with it, play the piano, get it all, like add it all out or whatever. And then, um, so I made the whole song and I was like, I don't really like the lyrics. So I took Apologize by One Republic. I was just like humming it in my head. I was like, I wonder if that would like lay over pretty good. So I laid it over. It was the wrong key. So I just like pitched it up a little bit, yeah. it like two semitones higher and it just laid over perfect. Uh, chopped up the vocals just like a tiny bit, make it like sound a little bit better. And then it was just like, boom, it was just meant to be, it was like perfect harmony i guess is that one but, of those ones you're gonna have to release it on like soundcloud because spotify is you can't release like a remix you don't like have officially licensed to or something like that right i was i've been trying i've been in a deep deep rabbit hole trying to contact someone <laughs> from one republic like i've been tagging them in instagram posts really tiktoks like all that stuff i've like contacted their manager uh, really and it's just you know if they don't respond then they don't respond so i'm kind of like shit out of luck but no you're not i got an idea we're going to use this platform to do the same damn thing. Bug the shit out of One Republic hey. until they answer. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be so good. No, actually, just a little. Not not too much. Oh, okay. I don't, just want to, I don't want you to hate me. But just a little bit. Right, That's cool, though. No, I, I kind of figured it was one yeah. of those things. Obviously, my platform is big on promoting music over Spotify, which you do have. You got two so songs on there. I think mm -hmm. your last release on there was 2021, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, it was a perfect. while ago. It's perfect. And um, and then you got some new tracks. I know we're going to talk about one towards the end of the episode here, but it sounds like you're working on a couple projects. Mm -hmm. um, I guess what kind of spoilers can you give us into these new projects? I know one is close, <laughs> um, but like, are these going to be on Spotify? What are we looking at? Uh, so this one uh, that I'm going to, um, that we were talking about earlier, that's like my closest one to release. That one's definitely going to be on Spotify. Um, I'm going to release it in like a three, uh, like a mini EP type of deal. So like I was saying, it's like, it's three versions of 
the same kind of song. So one's just going to be like the regular dancey vibe, you know, fist bumping, whatever. Um, the other one's going to be the bass VIP that I was telling you about. That's the one that people might hear later on. And then the other one will be the Apologize remix. But um, I think I'm just going to have someone else sing it. That way I can release it on Spotify. So it'll be like a three-part package, which yeah, will be pretty cool. For sure. And you can find so many good singers on... Uh, I can't remember the app I found. You can like sync up with like singers or... Um, different producers and kind of collab on a project. What do you, are you using Ooh. an app to do that? I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, you should definitely let me know what that is. Yeah, I'll let I you know. Using... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I, I used it once, and I found uh, her name was Cami Robinson, and she had been on some like big tra some tracks with some big ass artists. And um, I was like, I couldn't believe she took on the project just for me, some little newbie in the game. But um, yeah. I'll think of it and I'll, I'll pass it on. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. I love little mini EP things as little projects, but, um, you know, if, just following your page a little bit, it sounds like you are busting ass. You're relatively new to the scene. When did you start really getting into like the production scene? Ooh, um, let's see. It was, I want to say it was like, I actually started taking it seriously maybe like a year and a half ago, two years. Um, I had just come down off of a crazy acid trip and I was like, what am I doing? Like, I gotta, like, if That's I want to do find this, I might as well do, do it. Yeah. <laughs> you find your way. That's it. always shows you. The doors were opened. Yeah. It was great. So then I was like, a week later, I released my first remix. Uh, wow. And I was like, super inspired. So um, I would say heavily actually like releasing shit and like learning the art of, uh, of making music, probably like a year and a half. Wow. Um, but, you know, whenever you get into this stuff, like, I, I'm never, you're never, I mean, you did it too. Like you're never really satisfied with like your final product and you're always like, ah, there could be something else. Like I could have made that snare a little bit harder, the kick a little bit heftier, you know, that and was one of my really biggest satisfied. downfalls. Yeah. It's so yeah. hard to get out of your own head and get out of your own way with that shit. Yeah. But, um, I, I know I had that same roadblock of trying to be too much of a perfectionist to the point where it held up songs and you just got to like get out of that that mindset uh, i think i talked about it with like um native on my third episode a little bit um just kind of his process he was going from what he was releasing i can't remember what it was he's maybe like finishing a song a month or every couple months to the to the point where he was finishing like 10 songs a month or some shit like that i was like holy brother shit. that's insane <laughs> i i could have do i don't think i did 10 songs in the couple years that i was trying to produce because i couldn't get out of my own way <laughs> But uh, I totally feel that. But apparently, apparently, all you need is a great acid trip, and boom, we got re we got That's remixes. Go. That's it. <laughs> That's open the key. eyes, open the doors. <laughs> That's a hell of a way to look at me. And you're a big festival guy. How many festivals Love. do you think you've gone to? Um, I don't know, man. I've been doing it since 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm like 26. Uh, so I guess what is that? Six years. Um, and yeah, man. I I mean, I went to. I don't know. I got the festival passport for like two years. I don't know if you heard about that with Live Nation. Yeah. So those totally. two years, I was going to like maybe like six or seven a year. Um, slow down, obviously, you get a little bit older, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I just love it, dude. You, I mean, you go to festivals and everything too, I'm assuming. I've, yeah. I've been to like a, one good one. I honestly have not been to enough to the point where I should be doing a music podcast. It does, you know, I, I don't have <laughs> enough credibility in the festival scene. I've been to, I've been to, wait, okay, I've been to two. Uh, okay. we're going to this awesome, like festival scene, but it's going to be for the Lumineers, um, out oh, here nice. in Washington, um, the gorge. It's just, 
I'm sure you've heard. Have you heard of the gorge? Been to the I've gorge? Heard of the gorge? Never been. I know it's been like one of my bug list things to finally get out to the gorge. So I am stoked for that to see Lumineers. Been awesome. just, I've probably been to more concerts than I've been to festivals. If, if, if anyone's not familiar with um, Summerfest out in Milwaukee, um, that is a monster to go to. It's it's like the biggest one of the biggest things Milwaukee puts on every single year. Like massive headliners. Um, I think the best show I saw there was. Um, time flies on the 4th of July, a couple years back. Um, wow. Is that a great show? But yeah, if you got to if you ever find, need a reason to go to Wisconsin, if nothing else, go during summer, <laughs> go during summer fest. Some of the headlinings, the headliners are huge, huge names. And it's just a, it's just a shit show, man, but it's It's great. That sounds sweet. Yeah. I've never really had a need to go to Wisconsin. Um, not many do, but yeah, <laughs> Tell, what, what would you be the, have you gone to any festivals like outside of the country? Yeah, um, been to EDC Mexico, um, see Lollapalooza Paris, went to Wireless wow. Festival in England. Um, Damn, I think that's it. Yo, I need your yeah. budget. Whatever your budget is for going to festivals, I need that in my life. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's very slim. You just got well. I was working as a server at the time, so it was pretty cool. I would just like work, work like forty hours a week. And then when I needed to like go to a festival, I'd just be like, all right, guys, I'm taking like a week off. And they're like, all right, cool, you're fine. So I didn't have to worry about anything at the time, which was really, really nice. So work hard and then get like play hard, I guess. So what were you What were you better at, being a server or being a door-to-door -door salesman, a.k.a. the job that absolutely fucking oh. nobody wants? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> server by far. Server by far. And I still wasn't that great when I started. Door-to-door <laughs> -door salesman, I worked there for probably two months. And I got, I don't even think I got a sale. <laughs> no, I didn't get a sale. I was, people were like, like, oh, you can come with me. Like we did it in pairs. So they were like, oh, like he's struggling. Like, let's have him go with blah, blah, blah. So I would go with them, tag along with them. They would get a sale. They're like, yeah, we're going to split it with you. I would go off on my own. Wouldn't get shit. Dude. Wouldn't get anything. I can't even fathom that lifestyle. What were Big you bad. selling? What was your sales pitch? Can you give it? Oh my can you, god! Can you give me your sales pitch? Oh, let's see. All right, so I would knock on the door. I was selling <laughs> telecommunications. Oh yeah. shitty! <laughs> so it was like fucking. It was like Sprint. Uh, what was it? Sprint cell phone plans and everything. So we'd be like, "What's going on?" You know, like we're just in the neighborhood. Like, like, uh, what kind of cell phone are you using? They're like, "Oh, we use like Verizon." I'm like, Verizon, like. They charge you so much, blah, blah. Meanwhile, like, I actually use Verizon, so I was just talking <laughs> shit for no reason. And then they would just be like, yeah, no, I'm good, I'm good. I'm like, all right, well, we have, like, security uh, for Vivint, too, if you want it. And they're like, no, I don't think so. I mean, you're in a rough part of town. You might need it. And they're like, you need to leave. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but Objection handling, the life of sales. Man, that's tough shit. I would, I can never... Yeah. I uh, I almost got swindled into a door to door sales. I think I found out kind of last minute after looking at some reviews as door to door, and I was like, nope, I'm gone. If they ever come up to your door, never buy shit because you just, probably got really familiar bullshit. with like what doors look like. The amount that probably got closed on you. <laughs> I feel that man. I get hung up on all the time. It's all right. Oh yeah. There's no. Um, where did you? So you lived in Taiwan for a little bit. You mentioned yep. what the hell yeah. took you to Taiwan? So I was I was serving for a while. I had I figured like I had uh, pretty much mastered it. It got to the point where master server, master server. How do you, sensei? <laughs> it got to the point where like I was just like coasting through work, and it was just way too easy. And I was like, I need a different challenge in life. 
uh, one of my friends was like, you know, like I had just moved here with my boyfriend, like, you know, you would love it. I was like, sweet. I'm down. Did an interview, did a background check. They were like, all right, you're good. Come out to Taiwan. So then you get there and then you have two weeks of training and you're stuck in a hotel with someone that you've never met before or in a hotel room. Uh, so that training was tough. People get sent home from training if they don't think that you're performing. So like there were people in our group that spent $800 to fly out there. Day seven comes around. They're like, yeah, you're not, you're not going to do it. Go right back home. They don't renew oh. the visa or anything. So I was just like sketched out. They're going to be like, Levi, you're not good. I was like, oh, fuck. But I passed and it was good. Yo, that makes door-to-door selling, selling sound not as cutthroat. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that flight just to go like do serving <sighs> shit and then get told, nah, we don't want you. Pound sand dude back yeah. to the States. And I was like, oh. I guess Couldn't that imagine. Oh, damn. That is cutthroat shit. Yeah. I, was li- I mean, so you just got randomly bunked up with somebody, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah. how long did you end up living in Taiwan? Like, did you like have some, any kind of like wild fucking trips going on in Taiwan? I have no idea what it's like there. <laughs> yeah. I got some, well, I got some crazy stories out there. Um, so, so I got my apartment. Uh, it was really, really nice. It was like a two bedroom, one bath. So it was like, just like right in the middle of smack dab. Like everything is so close together. Um, and then my girlfriend came out in March. She brought me, she brought me, uh, two back to acid. She brought me two sheets of acid. <laughs> And, uh, so, you know, I was living, I was living in this two bedroom apartment by myself and she had gone home. COVID hit literally like a week later. So then, so then I was like, well, what am I supposed to do with all this acid? (laughs) I was like, I might as well just take it. Might as well Uh, use it. So I was taking acid a lot out there. Uh, but I didn't find out until later that Taiwan's drug, uh, enforcement is super sketch like if you get caught with drugs like they'll kill you like it's a death what penalty. the fuck yeah man yeah. that's sketchy yet oh man on an acid trip and you going with the slightest of bad mindsets i, yeah. I don't know how you did that knowing taiwan will literally kill you for looking at a marijuana <laughs> it's like oh, i'm gonna drop and we'll be good yeah just <laughs> tried be my best not to think about it i'm like oh fuck damn um they got crazy life shows out in, in taiwan dude yeah it was actually pretty cool so um like I said, COVID hit, so like the whole entire country was shut down. Um, but since they uh, they shut down the entire country so well that there were only maybe like fourteen confirmed cases the entire so you were there time during that COVID. I was there. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck! Yeah, and apparently they like spied on the Chinese and they noticed that like a bunch of like sickness was happening. So then they shut down the country earlier than like everyone else did in the world. We only got fourteen cases, and then maybe like five months later. They had um, Ultra Taiwan, and it was the only place in the world that was able to do it. And they had like Keizo, Alesso, uh, Vinavici, oh, and then someone else. Oh, Slander was there too. Fuck. So we were just there, and like everyone was like super kind to us since we're American. Like people were just giving us free alcohol. Uh, wow, it was, hey, it was nuts, dude. It was so fucking sick. You were a hot girl on a town for one night out in Taiwan. I was, free, yeah. Free drinks, great treatment. <laughs> Dude, it felt good. I do have some high <laughs> cheekbones, so it makes sense. But, yeah, it was sick. It felt good to be spoiled everywhere. <laughs> Damn, I, did, I honestly, so I did not know that where Taiwan was, like, the only place that was, like, able to hold any kind of live thing for a minute there. Yeah. And you got the chance to see it. That's pretty fucking sick. Yeah, That's, a, really that's cool. an opportunity. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming at that point you obviously weren't doing any DJing yet, or were you already doing some DJing at that point? 
Um, I, uh, let's see. I was doing like DJing, but it was at like, just like a, um, like a hipster brunch bar back when I was in Arizona. That's a so vibe. yeah, it was just like four hours of just playing like whatever. And, you know, throwing some EDM shit in there. Um, but nothing like, not even like a real show, not anything where I could actually play like under the name Koi, um, mm-hmm. under this project that I want. So yeah, Taiwan was really tough just cause like the language barrier, kind of hard to network. Uh, but once I got out here, or uh, once I got back to Vegas, um, yeah, we would just, we would just throw our own shows. And then people started like asking like, Hey, do you want to like play at my birthday? Do you want to do this, this, and this? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like that's the way to do it. So, um, yeah, that was, that was kind of what it was back then. But, and so now it's led you into doing more like, like an actual, I think you got a picture on there. You sent me something for like an actual live show. Like you got mm-hmm. your own set and everything like so that started yeah. more, that started more recently than like 2021 2022 time stuff yeah so uh one of my friends that uh we used to work at a radio station together he mm-hmm. he, he went his direction and obviously like, i went mine but he was like you know i'm starting to throw parties at this place in phoenix like would you be down to come out and dj i'm like i just don't want to do house like I, you know he's like dude you can play whatever the fuck you want i was like sick so i spent like hours and hours and hours just like making edits coming up with like original shit um planning it all out and everything that's when i first got to actually play it and it was it was so cool dude it was like it was the most euphoric feeling i had felt up until then just like being there like i had like 20 people from phoenix like come out and like check it out and they were just like yeah that was fucking nuts yeah damn it was fucking so what, it was a what were you time. playing are you are you were you playing any techno where did you play some house or what were you did you play any of your shit there did you just like sneak yeah. in one of your tracks casually oh yeah i played i played <sighs> maybe um so like i do like future future bass but like yeah. dubstep and like that kind of shit so yeah. i played maybe like three or four of my songs at an unreleased um uh all eyes on me by bo burnham i did a remix to that so i I like asked the dude at the very end. I was like, "Yo, can I get like two more minutes just to play this song?" He was like, "Yeah," and then everyone was just like, lost their shit. They were like, "Yo, that song is nuts." Really? So you got yeah. good reception on your own shit. That's that must have been a yeah. hell of a feeling. Yeah, obviously you're it's playing great. other people's musics and music, and you're dubbing another shit. But uh, I'm sure that first feeling was that the first time you ever like introduced your own track into like a live set. Yeah. Yep. 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 And um, well, I have like a couple remixes that I used, um, but that was definitely like the first time that I was like. Fuck it. I'm gonna I'm gonna play my shit. We'll see what people think. Um and they loved and it. it. Yeah, they loved it. It was so cool. It was amazing. Wow. Well that's sick. I I uh, always figured when you think of that scene. I didn't know how like I try to watch a lot of folks, like you know Elenium, uh, obviously and like Nerco even when they go on to a live show, like they're always bringing on their own remixes of uh, like their own great tracks. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when you find the real like, I feel like so many times when you, you hear like such a better song live that they remix themselves just to play it live and it ends up being so much better just than the original sometimes. Oh yeah. And it's a, it's a weird art. Like as I wonder, like, I just think about that sometimes. Like when I dive into a rabbit hole, I was like, I wonder if this would have been like the other way around. Like if they would have released this version and then played this one live, how that would have went. But I feel, I feel like I hear so many songs like, Oh, I love this song. And then you get to the drop and it's just a completely completely different drop and i love that i've seen so many like artists will like write in or like create like a new yeah. drop like the day before the show and try to yeah. mix it in i was like man i can't met like that's some talent to be able to it do is. that shit 
But, but you um, do it so fast too. I mean, you understand the process of making music too, and it's just like there's no there's no way unless you're like such a pro that you can do shit like that. Just make it so quick. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I can't really fathom that. Um, so before I forget, one thing we have to talk about, just because I am a sports fan, and and maybe someday someone listening to this will also be a sports fan. You're a big. Detroit sports, Michigan sports fan, and I kind of need to know the reason. And if you need me to pass along any like you know depression medication, I'm sure we can get you some good stuff because that must be tough. Yeah, dude. If you got any extra Prozac, I would love it. <laughs> um, yeah, well, dude, you're so not was... from there, are you? I am. You are, and you just <laughs> got the fuck out like a smart human. All right. Yeah. So I was born in I was born in Brighton, Michigan. I don't really know if you know where that is, but I'm nope. going to do the hand thing that all Michigan people do. It's like down here, you know, there's like the fucking Michigan hand. So it's like yeah. right there. It's Dude, like it's what those Wisconsin people do. You you get the like Green Bay's up here. We do <laughs> yeah. the same, the mitt. Oh my God, we're fucking losers. Uh, I know people, my friends hate when they do that. They're like, don't do it. I'm like, I have to. Like, it's what we do. The manly urge um, to make the hand gesture. Yeah. <laughs> so I was born there, uh, moved out from Brighton when I, to Arizona when I was like 12. So like my whole family's from there. And, like, my whole family is still Lions fans. Uh, and it's just, like, you know, when when they win the Super Bowl, it's going to be that much sweeter just because, like, mm. I've been there the whole time. These years are really dark, and they suck. Yeah. Like I said, I can't but, wait for your grandkids to experience that, maybe. <laughs> as my grandpa said, he's like, I can't wait for you guys to see him win a Super Bowl. I'm like, Oh, no. God, you're going to be your grandpa before you know it. <laughs> no, fuck. Anything good that comes through that that football team is gone way too early, or uh, they just Dude. don't put anything around it. Stafford gone, Calvin Johnson way too early, Barry Sanders way too early. <laughs> and he goes and wins the Super Bowl the year he gets traded. That's like the biggest slap in the face we could possibly have. And like, I get it, I'm happy for him too. But he wasn't winning shit in Detroit because the GM is just trash. And They're trash, man. They're he's the best quarterback y'all have ever had, and it, all you had to do yeah. was put like a good system around him. I mean, for as many for as great as he was with as many bad coach, not even bad, like Jim Caldwell, all right coach. Yeah, you look back at it. It's just the constant rotation of new coaches and new systems and everything. It's like and Stafford still balled the fuck out. That should have told you how great he was because how many other very good quarterbacks die out so quick. Mm -hmm. Interchanging systems, and then he goes, to, of course, to a, a good system with an actual like weapon or a couple weapons, and you know a defense, and we see the result. Yeah, but it's so I, sad. I do feel kind of bad for you. I'm so want to get that out of the way. I, I'm here to offer my help, my support. Uh, we'll talk. <laughs> I'm a Packers fan, so you're not going to get a I whole lot of sympathy say, from me. But I will say a few. I think I don't think we beat the Packers in a few years, but. There play was, was a play tough. when, when the fucking refs missed a call or some shit. Oh, you don't Aaron say. ended up doing that long ass bomb. I was like, oh, you no don't way. Say. That bad man. <sighs> I hate Aaron Rodgers. He's a Rogers bad man. You don't hate Aaron Rodgers. You fucking love him. And you wish you had them. <laughs> I do. I do. Fucking shitty hair, though. He's got shitty hair. I can uh, that. He looks like a weird guy these these days, but he pulled up the John Wick costume pretty fucking well. And his new tattoo oh, that he just it. got, I mean, his new tattoo is something. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's the most Aaron Rodgers tattoo. And I love Aaron. It's the most Aaron Rodgers tattoo. He's got it right on his forearm, and it's like... It's, I can't even 
like you got to see it. It's hard to explain. It's some henna check it out. trippy California boy. Just Let me see. all these. It's just a classic Aaron Rodgers tattoo. I don't even know how to get into it, but it, it being his first tattoo, it makes total sense. Just knowing who his personality's really shined in the last two years. You find it? I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, that bad, is bad radio, but you like it. Dude, that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> I love the constellations. He uh, dude, it's all over the fucking sure. place. I have no idea what's going on. There's so much happening, and when he came, when he said, "There's no like deep meaning into it," and I was like, "Okay, guy." Yeah. Okay, guy. There's but I a guess lot of shit going on. There's a lot of shit. I mean, I was going to ask if is the reason. So you mentioned you're you're writing a self help journal. Is that yeah? Is that because you're a Lions fan, and that's just naturally the progression <laughs> that Lions fans get to, or? Or what led to that? I mean, it's cool. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a, it's a sick little journey. And obviously mental health is an incredibly important thing. And, you know, what what led you down to kind of starting that out? Yeah, dude. So I went to a Lions game. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I had to leave and go sit down and start writing a health journal. Like, this would be perfect. Just start outside of the stadium as people leave the game. Yeah, exactly. I think I actually, a million actually copies. it's a business idea. It's not a bad idea. They lose a lot of football games. No one take this idea. It's different <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, the self-help journal, I, uh, I looked, I like sat down one day and like my morning routine had like entitled, like just, you know, writing in like four or five separate different journals. Like I'll show you the stack of them right here. Uh, so I'd be like writing in these like every day. Oh shit. For anyone, not, like, anyone listening and not watching, Levi's holding about 67 books in his hand right now. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. And like, I feel like. What it what it is like specifically for is creators, because um, you know I I have like three or four other friends that you know make uh, comic book art, they make uh, yoga mats, they make like uh, clothing brands, like they have you know music. Like there's like so many creators that I'm with and or that I like know, and I'm just like what what are like your guys' habits? Like what do you do? Like if there was like a book that could tie all that into one, like would you be down? Can you close the door, please? hello sorry <laughs> goodbye um like uh i was oh, fuck i lost my train of thought um yeah i was like so like would you guys like be down to like do this They're like yeah absolutely so i have been like reading self-help books for like three years uh, i've been writing in journals for like four so i have a shit ton of information just watching like uh impact theory that's like a really good one um taking notes so i was like what if i compiled all that shit all into one thing where it's like a one-stop shop of um, for creators to, you know, think creatively, uh, create new habits, uh, be on top of their shit, um, and just stuff like that, just like something like that. And I was like, well, I could do one instead of like having to write in all of those, just I mean, why not make one for everything? That's sick. I mean, you're a creator, you have a creative mind. I mean, it's kind of, it's someone who has like a creative mind, creative passion, and they want to, you know, something like creating music or creating any kind of art, drawing comics and shit or whatever it is. Like you kind of step in having that creative mindset. If it's just like feels like your brain can't really turn off completely. Like you feel like, you know, I, I've had a lot of 2 a.m. kind of mornings. It's like I still just want to work. Like if I have a train of thought that's like I'm on a creative flow, I was like, I need to just keep going with it. And yeah. that, that creative flow, though, I mean, that's a really good way of, you know, putting it into perspective and how you can like help out. I don't even know how to say it, but like having that creative brain is kind of what I'm getting at. It's just like, you feel like you need to just brain dump all the fucking time on, on the something. Mm -hmm. And I guess that self-help journal, I mean, is, is that kind of where you're just like, is that your brain dump the self-help journal? 
outside yeah, of man. like music. So, like, there's, yeah, so I mean, there's like there's definitely places where you can write in it. Um, I mean, it's like halfway done, I want to say, but yeah, sort of. Like, I mean, there's just there's just like so much that goes into like being a creator that you know people that you know don't see uh, creators like go into it. I don't know if that sense mm-hmm. made any sense, but it made sense to me. They don't um, see the behind the scenes. There the we times, go. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Yeah, and you know that's just like one place where you can gather your thoughts. Put them all down. You can reflect on it. Like a really um, quote that I found like really uh, helpful, or you know maybe a habit that could be helpful to like help with your process of being a creator. Um, so yeah, I mean it's just like I have work, I have music, and then I have that. So it's kind of like just trying to keep my brain, you know, like you said, in that flow to keep everything uh, going smoothly and like because if you're in that creative flow and it's just going and going and going then you're on fire. But once you stop it, there's that block where you're just like, fuck, like, I don't know what to do. It gets really hard to get back into it. Hmm. So, I mean, that's actually a good way to think of it. Like if, cause creative block is such a thing and writer's block is such a thing. I feel like so many people have their way to get around it and escape it. Like the last, uh, I was just talking to a couple of dudes from the, the band kids. What's up? What's up, Josiah and Aja. Um, but when they were creating their last EP in the studio, their producer had, where he had his little producer desk and then all around him, it was just like a bunch of pieces of paper slapped up there with different, like different sayings on it, different like directions that they can go. And then they would kind of just like point at one and then it would inspire the thought. It would kind of get them out of that rut in a sense. And then they'd be like, all right, I know where to go. Like just had to look at it and see that. Yeah. And then, like instantly the brain goes to something and they, they've been picked up out of this, the rut that they were in. So I think having that like outlet almost is like as for a creative is such an important little thing in terms of helping your career, helping you push past a, a difficult idea or you've been grinding way too much. You seem to step away and like put your brain on something else and it'll come back fresh. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a concept, you know, I, I hope it keeps working out for you with that. You finish it up and then you sell a million copies, New York times bestseller. It doesn't take much. These days it feels like every fucking book's a New York times bestseller. Dude, yeah. There's way too many uh, bestsellers for that. All I have to do is have a hard be. cop, hard front, hard back and a couple pages in the middle bestseller slapping on there. <laughs> It's like that, uh, it's like a movie with Eddie Murphy. Have you ever seen that one? That movie with Eddie Murphy, I have seen that one. Yeah, that one. Uh, it's like 100 words or less or some shit where, like, every time he says a word, tree leaves fall off. Oh, no. That's a hell of a concept, though. No, that is not Daddy Daycare. Or movie. No. (laughs) (laughs) That is not his stand ups. Man, I wish he would have stayed around stand up more, more longer. Dude was one of the funniest stand up comedians. Fucking people would try to it. cancel him by this point. I feel like oh, he would have been long canceled. But that cancel doesn't matter. He, he's one of the funniest comedians I've ever I've ever listened to, and I wish I was alive. I wasn't even alive for his comedy when he was going at it. Um, but one last thing here before we before we wrap it up, we got to talk about the new remix. We kind of already touched on it. It's called Hurricane. Um, so it's coming out in the next couple of weeks. Sounds like it's in the very final stages. The next song you're going to put out. So we'll make sure to definitely anything we can share to promote the song when it drops we will but kind of tell us a little bit about hurricane you mentioned you already talked about like the little mini ep you're doing with it mm-hmm. um but kind of where did this song where did this inspiration come from um and you know how did how do you think from obviously your first kind of couple remixes to this point like maybe what changed in your process that made this song better great question um yeah so I uh, I was just like really stuck on this idea of like um, 
the like of a hurricane and i was like okay so like the hurricane like i came up with this idea where it's like all right the center is like where you want to be like the eye so it was like uh chasing after the eye of the hurricane like that's like the first thing that came to mind i'm like okay i'm gonna build a song around that so then uh i tried like a bunch of different synths and i tried like a bunch of different patterns they weren't really like sitting well it's just a simple four chord progression um and then i was like what if i chopped it up like sped it up a little bit um chopped it up a little bit and made it more of like a like an alesso zed like something that people could actually play at like a festival you know people would just actually be dancing instead of like trying to like cry or like entice some emotion have it be like something happy something like yeah. like uh like you made it to the eye of the hurricane boom here's the drop let's go fucking pump just your fist euphoric fist pump yes exactly there's nothing like it no <laughs> um so yeah and then i was just like okay so i finished the song made it sound super fucking dope um and it's it's a little it's just like different i've never made a song that's like 128 bpm and that's kind of like what house the heartbeat usually is at yeah and i was just like <laughs> exactly no you know that's uh, that's fucking fist pump that's the fist pump bpm is it not that it is, is the ultimate, no, it that's is. the ultimate yeah. club fucking bpm is the 128 i think exactly there you go. that's exact that's only it because like i have like when i dj i, said it's I have my house hits yeah yep and it's just and then for the lyrics for it too i was looking for like a vocalist and then um my girlfriend the one that opened the door uh she has a friend her name is julie roche and her voice is incredible so i was like yo i have these lyrics i have the melody like do you want to sing it she's mm -hmm. like absolutely like let's let's do it so we spent maybe like a couple weeks uh recording that getting that all set up um cleaned up and everything and she did an amazing job and you'll hear it when you play it mm -hmm. um it's just her her voice is incredible like it's julie rose crazy julie rose yeah. shout out julie what's up julie well love that um so you just kind of said it what we're going to do for everyone this is going to be the first time i i've done this on this show is we're going to kind of close out, but then we're going to play, which, which one did you bring for me? You got the hurricane, which version did you, which version? This one is the base VIP one. So I kind of took away the fist bumping second drop and change it into like a, to like a screechy, heavy dubstep bass kind of, yeah. Just sort of like that. Skin yeah. melting. You just, it's somewhere you just be like this to your friend. You just be like, Whoa. oh. Oh, oh, you know, you just, oh, get a just get slapped in the cheek by the. <laughs> <laughs> no, that shit's fun to make. That is, f I only dabbled it in it a tiny bit, but that shit is fun to make. And then you just sit back and you just get yep. weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. I love that. All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna play that. But before we do, and if something goes wrong where I can't play that at the end of this. I'm going to be mad and I'm sorry for everyone listening, thinking they're going to hear it, but we're going to fucking play it. Uh, before we go, where can people find Koi? What's going to be the best way to listen to Koi? I'm going to be listening to you on Spotify, like I mentioned, but you definitely got some bangers on SoundCloud because, because one Republic has not hit us back yet and they will hit us not back, yet. but give us, give us a lowdown where, where we can find Koi. Yeah. Um, so on Instagram at Koi music underscore, uh twitter koi boy music uh tiktok i believe it's just koi music you got a, you got a, you got a good tiktok following 
Nah. So you do, I mean, you got you got some videos on your Instagram that got fuck more reels than more views than I got on my reels. I mean, you got to do something. You're doing something right with your videos. Yeah, Instagram has like been really generous to me on that. I don't know you why. Tickled the algorithm the right way. I sure did. <laughs> Fucking TikTok though. I'm I'm still working on that one, dude. I, but, I you're telling um, me. I yeah. I want to start wrapping my brain around. I think I need to pay someone to figure out how to do TikTok for me. Is what I need to do. It's a good idea. I might have to do that too. Well, Levi. I'm stoked you came on. Thank you so much for spending some time here. Um, yeah, dude. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This is like our first podcast video thing, so well, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, man. First podcast for Koi Music, for Koi, Koi Boy, Levi, for all of you. Um, so I'm I'm happy we could support. Um, obviously, this, per- this platform is big about supporting um, artists, bands. Obviously, not the big ones because they don't fucking need it, and they got their uh, they got their labels for that. Um, they're big boy labels. They're you know, um, nothing wrong with labels, by the way, or management teams. We love you all. But anyways, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great. And sure. now I'm going to kick it over to Hurricane, the bass VIP remix, the first time anyone's ever fucking hearing it. So you came to the right place. But thank you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Jesus.